Recorded live at IPW in Orlando, Florida, this is Brand USA Talks Travel. At IPW, travel executives from over 70 countries have come to reunite and rebuild the global travel industry. We brought this podcast to IPW so you can catch up with the trending topics. Here's your host, Mark Lapidus. Not many people can get away with one name. There's Prince, there's Madonna, and there's Roger. How long did it take you for people in the travel industry to know you by your first name? It took a little while, uh, but the bottom line is I've always been just Roger. I mean, we don't need any formality in this industry. We're all friends. <laughs> Roger Dallas, president and CEO of U.S. Travel Association, the organization representing all segments of travel in America. U.S. Travel's mission is to increase travel to and within the United States. Prior to joining U.S. Travel in 2005, Dow spent 34 years at Marriott International. It was terrific seeing you celebrated today at lunch at IPW, Roger. Looking back at nearly 20 years with the U.S. Travel Association. Congratulations. What's it feel like to be on the edge of retirement? I'm not on the edge of retirement. In fact, I'm changing the word to rewirement because in a month you'll be hearing about something else I'm going to do. So I, I'm not going away. Want to give us a hint about future plans? I formed a group that's going to address what I believe is the biggest problem our industry is facing, and it's workforce. We're trying to operate an industry on old rules, and we've got a whole new demographic that operates on different rules, and we've got to change how we do work. So imagine you're referring to innovation in the travel industry. A little bit of that, and uh, I don't see why someone can't work at a Marriott on a Monday, a Hilton on a Tuesday, and a convention center on a Wednesday, and not work when they're on vacation and not lose their job. Well, I just had a leisure vacation myself, actually, because I went over to London to meet with a bunch of people, and of course, while I went on the trip, I took my wife, I took my youngest son. We really enjoyed it, but I'll tell you, Roger, one of the things that I did not enjoy was testing to get back into the United States. So I think that's a good place for us to start. What's the latest with that? It's one of the biggest problems we have is the uh, United States is the one country left that is saying before you leave to come here from an outside country, you have to have a negative COVID test. Well, people are afraid they're going to get a positive or a false positive, and then they lose their airfare, and they have to pay twice as much for airfare, they lose their rooms. So it's holding like over 50% of the people saying, until you get rid of that, we're not coming. I was frankly frightened when we took those tests out because there were three of us, and the more people traveling, the better the odds are that someone is actually going to come up with a false test. So it's a huge problem. A friend of mine from the UK took his family to Dubai, and, and they're pretty well off. And one of the kids tested positive. They all had to stay in a hotel room for seven more days, cost them like $10,000. Then their airfare doubled to get back. I said to him, I said, I'm, I hope they're feeling okay. He said, they didn't even have a sniffle. It was a false positive, but the whole family was locked up for eight days and cost us $20,000. So what's the progress in getting this done away with? Just before IPW, we met with the White House and made the case that there's no data that supports this. I mean, here's the insanity. You can fly from the UK to Canada and drive across the border and you don't have to have a test. So I'm saying, what what magic happens? When you're on a plane, you're going to get COVID, but when you drive, you're not. I mean, there's no logic, no reason. It's all political. I also was talking with somebody that actually offered me a fake test for $50. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's out there also. So there are going to be people that potentially could falsify tests just to come back. Well, then the tests they're taking, our research shows that 28% of the time they don't properly work, that someone gets either a false positive or a positive when they were negative or whatever. So when you talk 28% aren't working, that's a big problem. What's one of the biggest issues that bothers you concerning international travel? Well, I think the thing that bothers me is the ability for people to get visas. 
visas. So, you know, 43% of our travel comes from countries where you have to have a visa. The average right now is over 400 days. So if you want to come to a destination meeting, and if you're one of these countries, you have to make your plans a year and a half out and hope you get your visa. It's insane. We just can't say, oh, well, we don't have the staffing. We've got to get creative. We've got to figure out how to break this logjam because it's going to cost us tens of billions of dollars. What are some of the highlights of your 17 years at U.S. Travel, and what achievements are you most proud of? I would say the highlights first is the creation of Brand USA. When we found out that the government was going to be charging for the ESTA requirements, we said, well, why don't you charge a little more and put it towards travel and tourism promotion, which that created Brand USA. The other positive was when Penny Pritzker was the Secretary of Commerce, we got together and she said, Roger, I don't have a lot of time in this job. What could we do to make a monster difference? I said, let's go after China. We had 350,000 Chinese at that time. In 2019, we had 3.2 million Chinese. The numbers are extraordinary, but it shows what happens if you focus on something and have some people willing to be creative to get it done. So is Brand USA in a place where you thought it would be when you first helped have it formed at this point? I think it's actually in a better place. I knew it would be successful. The thing that bothered me is we had to get it reauthorized every five years. So we finally get it reauthorized through 2027. Thank you, by the way. Yeah, brilliant. And then the pandemic comes along and Brand USA is about to go broke because they're funded by visitors. And of course, no visitors were coming. So we were able to get $250 million of emergency funding to go to Brand USA. So now they're healthy and then they're doing some great stuff. I know that you've always been the chief evangelist for Brand USA. What else can we do to get more destinations involved with us, do you think? Just as they tell America's stories, I think Brand USA should tell the travelers' stories. And people say, you know, until we saw the promotion about America, we never thought we would go to Wyoming. But boy, did we have a great time. The other thing Brand USA is they've got to communicate U.S. travel policy. And through this pandemic, I don't even know. I'm in the industry. I have no idea when I'm going somewhere. Do I need a test? Do I need a mask and all that? And so I've got to call in advance. So I don't know. Think of the poor travelers from other countries that don't know what the policies are. Right. And that's the purpose of visittheusa.com. Exactly. Which actually is one of the things I run. Well, <laughs> you're doing a good job. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Since we're sitting here on the floor at IPW, tell us about IPW and the impact the show has had on the country's tourism economy and its relationship development with U.S. exhibitors in the international travel trade. The great thing about IPW is it can be one-stop shopping. You can be here and visit with the biggest buyers in the world from 50 countries during three days. That would take you a year to do on your own budget if you went country to country. What are some of the highlights from this year's IPW that you hope people will take home with them? Being in Orlando, that Orlando is such a different market than it was in 2015. New restaurants, new neighborhoods, and things like that. I think the other thing to take away is the amount of media we're here. These folks are all going to go home and write stories about America is open, come back to America, and talk about destinations. And that's what we need. We need them telling the story in their journals. So as you look to the future, Roger, what do you see that will propel the industry back to where it was and then beyond to where it was? We have to look at this whole industry and almost redefine our lexicon. You know, we talk about meetings and events. I think we should talk about adult education, selling products, learning best practices, not a meeting or an event because it goes way beyond hotels and rental cars and, and airline tickets. I also think uh, we still have to tell a better story of the impact that travel is a front door to economic 
development. No one does a thing. Moves a company, buys a second home, decides where their kids are going to go to school until they first take a trip there. When you've explained your job to friends over the years, do they think you're a travel agent? You know, my friends, neighbors think I'm a travel agent. They call up and all I do is I go on the internet and I tell them what the best hotel in Hawaii is and they thank me for it. <laughs> what don't people think about travel beyond dollars and cents? I don't think they think about and I don't think our government realizes how important it is to public diplomacy. I've told every Secretary of State, this is your stealth public diplomacy. We've got research that says when people come to America, they're 74% more favorable of Americans and American policy. When they don't, it's about 20%. So I keep saying to Secretaries of State, you ought to have 10, 20, 50 million more people come to America and make the world a better place. In your 17 years, you must have spent a lot of time in and out of the White House. How many presidents have you met? I've got uh, four, you know, George Bush, Bill Clinton, Donald Trump, and of course, Barack Obama. Haven't met with Biden yet. Uh, he's a little elusive to get together with. Any stories jump out, like maybe one story from all these presidents that you've been with? When we were together with Barack Obama, he had just made the statement, you can't go to Las Vegas with the Super Bowl and the taxpayers dime. And I met with him with several CEOs, and Bill Marriott was sitting next to him, and he said, he said, look, I know you're mad at me, but the bottom line, this wasn't aimed at you. It was aimed at bankers. The American people hate these bankers. And Bill Marriott turned to him and said, you're now president of the United States. You say something, it matters. You cost me 20% of occupancy, and who's out of work? Not me, not the general manager, but the housekeepers, the front desk people, the people who need the jobs. The light went off in his mind, and he said, this will never happen again. And actually became one of the better presidents to help and build travel. Well, he's the one that signed the Travel Promotion Act, right? Well, here's the funny thing. We had the Travel Promotion Act, got through Congress when Bush was president. 300 and some people voted for it, 92 against. We couldn't get it through the Senate. So then Obama becomes president. We have to do it again. And the same vote, almost 300 something to 91 against it. The difference was we didn't change one T, one I, one period. The difference was when Bush was president, the 90 plus people against were all Democrats. When Obama was president, the 90 people against were all Republicans. Same bill. They loved it one time and they hated the next. And this is the problem we have in Washington these days. So I would imagine one of the biggest challenges both for the U.S. Travel Association and for Brand USA is staying bipartisan. There's no question about it. I will tell you, Nancy Pelosi believes I'm a very good Democrat. Kevin McCarthy thinks I'm a very good Republican. <laughs> And neither knows for sure, right? And neither knows for sure. That's our story, and we're sticking to it. <laughs> when I started, I used to say we're the Rodney Dangerfield of industries. Nobody understood us. And I think we've made phenomenal progress. Are we there yet? No, we've got a long way to go. But at least people are beginning to understand the value of a destination, the value of destination management, and how important it is to our economy. And the pandemic sure showed that. When they saw all these restaurants and all these places closed and money not coming to the city, they realized how important travel is. Well, it just says to me that there's an enormous opportunity for all of us. It's a huge opportunity. Every time there's been a, a crisis, whether it's 9-11, the economic crisis, travel has come back bigger and stronger. We will come back bigger and stronger than before. It's like a coiled spring. It's going to come back so strong. The economists are all saying 24, 25. I'm telling you, 23 will be an amazing year. It really will. Was it hard for you to make the decision that you were going to retire? A very difficult decision. You, you get such a love of the people here. I mean, when I, when I was at Marriott, I loved Marriott, but I just played with folks at Marriott and our customers. Here, I play with everybody. You know, Chris Nassetta from Hilton is one of my best friends. There's not a place in America, a major city at least, that I can't go to a destination and have dinner with somebody I know. And that's the great thing about this. So I'm going to miss most of the people. And here at IPW, international friendships of people from China, UK, Latin America is really, really special. Roger, I want to wish you well on the next chapter in your life. Well, thanks. And there is going to be a next chapter, I promise you that. Thank you, Roger Dell, for joining us here at IPW. If you enjoyed this live from IPW podcast, 
podcast, please leave us a review and subscribe to Brand USA Talks Travel. We have so many industry leaders to speak with here at IPW that we'll be pushing out many consecutive episodes with new guests. We hope you'll binge listen when you have time. I'm Mark Lapidus. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to ask a question or make a comment, email us at podcast at thebrandusa.com or call 202-793-6256. Our producer is Asher Mirovich, who also writes and performs all music and sound. Engineering by Brian Watkins. Be sure and let your friends in the travel industry know about this podcast.